On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla's Investor Day is coming up, and I've got predictions for what might get announced. Plus, the Model 3's wood dashboard trim is reportedly going away, Tesla is eyeing the acquisition of a lithium mining company, and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 395 of Ride the Lightning. It's your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. Everything you need in just about an hour. Uh, I'm joined, of course, by Daisy the Boxer to my left on the couch, along with Zelina the Future Service Dog, plus Rue, my brother-in-law's dog. Actually, more accurately, my sister-in-law's dog as she hangs out uh, while they're away for the week. Let's get right into it. I want to start with Investor Day predictions. That is coming up. March 1st this week, so I will have a full recap and analysis for you on next week's episode. Hopefully, Tesla's going to live stream it. And if they do, and I think they probably will, if they do, I will have audio clips for you too, just like I would for any big Tesla event, be it an earnings call, a vehicle unveiling, etc., etc. So, I'll start with this. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six predictions. You know what? I'll go... I'll do the the most obvious one first based on everything that's been happening. And I'll say this, the announcement that the hardware for autopilot cars, hard autopilot hardware for, that those cars are in production now, that's already been rumored and and I wouldn't say all but confirmed, but it's it's looking quite, quite likely. So that seems like one thing that'll happen. Now let me give you five other ones. Number one, I have to imagine there will be a Cybertruck production line tour. I think it's going to be a more or less functioning production line that are making pre-production Cybertrucks. We've been seeing what seems like a number of different pre-production Cybertrucks, call them beta versions, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Most recently this week, which I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about later, at Tesla's Engineering HQ grand opening in Palo Alto. But it makes sense. I mean, this event is for investors. Cybertruck is the next big, big product for the company, and it represents them going into this huge market, the full-size pickup truck market here in the United States, here in North America. So the fact that they're having investors at this thing, both retail and institutional investors, I think it, it just makes too much sense that they'll give a presumably a walking tour of the Cybertruck production line, so show off Hopefully the people that get to attend will even get to see some Cybertrucks intentionally staged at different points of assembly. So, you know, a frame, a, you know, an in-progress being folded origami stainless body, etc., etc. I think that'll be really fun to see, and I think we will hear about that. Prediction number two naturally, on the back of that first one, I think there will be Cybertruck test rides in those beta pre-production Cybertrucks, again, to show them off to investors whom this event is for and show those investors that Tesla is doing what they said they were going to do with the investor's money, saying, hey, this is what we're spending our money on. 
is building this Cybertruck. We really believe it's gonna be the, the, the best product we've ever made. It's gonna be really special, nothing else on the market like it. Let's give you a ride in it. So I definitely think that's gonna happen. In fact, I'll even go so far as to say, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little off-road portion of the test ride course. You know, typically, I guess always, uh, going all the way back to the original Model S, the test ride course has just been a very, very brief, you know, parking lot strip, at least in Fremont back at the Model S one in 2011. And then basically ever since at the reveals in uh, that take place at the Tesla design studio, they, they get uh, Jack, uh, what's his, Jack Lathrop, Jack Northup Road right adjacent there running out, outside of Tesla and SpaceX at the design studio. They just close that off and they do a quick little loop. So uh, I would not be surprised if that Cybertruck test ride loop has a little off-road section in there. Third, I think there will be a tour of the Model Y production line, specifically the Model Y 2.0 production line, the single piece front and rear giga castings, the structural battery pack with the 4680 battery cells. That again, this is a next generation manufacturing plant. This is Tesla's latest and greatest in manufacturing. And we've heard Elon talk up manufacturing so much over the last year or two in particular that I think, and, and the Model Y is the moneymaker, right? That is the highest volume car for the time being until generation three comes along the gen three platform. So it makes a ton of sense for Tesla to again, offer a walking tour of that model Y 2.0 production line to illustrate how advanced the manufacturing capabilities are on the latest version of the model Y. Prediction number four, speaking of the third generation platform, we've already been told to expect mention of it in this. So. Uh, we know that's happening, but my prediction is I don't think we'll get anything as detailed as a vehicle name or what the vehicle or vehicles look like. I think the way this is, the information we're going to get out of this will be Tesla talking about the manufacturing advances that they're going to use to build it. That is is what I think Tesla means and Elon means when they say, that they're going to talk about the Gen 3 platform at the investor day. And finally, this one's probably a little bit more of a stretch, but I think there is a possible mention of the Project Highland Model 3 revamp. Again, though, I'm going to put the odds of that at less than 50% because I just don't think, I mean, if the, if the timeline that, that Reuters reported is, is accurate, which is set that these cars will go into production in the second half of the year. Well, investor day is happening on March 1st in Q1. So I just don't think that Tesla would want to risk an Osborne effect on the current model three orders by revealing too much or talking too much, if at all about project Highland. Since again, those cars are not due to go into production until sometime in the second half of the year, uh, what we were told by Reuters was Q3 in Shanghai for the China-built cars, and sometime you know could be that same time or even Q4 here in Fremont. So those are my predictions for Investor Day. I'm really looking forward to again, hopefully watching the live stream. But I will have my usual full recap and analysis of this on next week's episode. All right, before I get going with this week's Tesla news. 
I want to mention that I hope all of you that have access to the lightning round bonus mini episodes each, each and every week on Patreon. I hope everybody enjoyed this week's. It was about my solar adventure in just my sort of start to finish everything I've learned, everything I went through in getting solar panels. You know, maybe you'll glean some wisdom from it. Maybe you'll just laugh at the mistakes and ignorant things that I did along the way. But uh, I told that story for the lightning round weekly bonus mini episode that I do on Patreon. And if you'd like to back me on Patreon again, of course, this podcast is always going to be free and I've got the receipts to show for the last seven years that I like clockwork, put it out every Sunday at 9am Eastern, 6am Pacific. And a lot goes into this podcast. So at some point, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, next week, next month, if you decide, you know what, Ryan, yes, I'm going to support you on Patreon. I would greatly appreciate that. You can find out more at my Patreon page, which is at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And again, I've, I've uh, been seeing a few of you take advantage of this. So thank you very much. The annual pledge, if you don't want to do the regular month to month, just the monthly pledge, five bucks a month, it's the, and it's the 10 bucks a month that gets you the the weekly bonus lightning round episode, as well as early access to each week's episode. Uh, if you want to do the one time a year annual pledge, you get a 10% discount if you choose that annual option. So again, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. All right. Uh, speaking of my solar real quick, I do want to say a big thank you to the many of you. I'm talking, there were a lot of emails in my inbox this week from very kind listeners who took, in in most cases, a lot of time to reach out to me with with really long emails, with with screenshots, with uh, various data, just a lot of information to help me learn more about how I can best utilize my solar system after I had put out a request on last week's podcast looking for people to share their wisdom. You guys did. And I learned a lot this week, and I really, really appreciate that. So thank you to everybody that took the time. As for this week's Tesla news, there is plenty of it, as usual. First up this week, Tesla may be replacing the wood dashboard trim on the black interior Model 3s with a non-woven fabric. This report comes via Not A Tesla App, who writes, according to Chris Zhang, which one of our sources later confirmed, Tesla is replacing the wood trim in the Model 3 and possibly other models with a non-woven fabric that will be significantly cheaper to produce. The move is in line with the company's efforts to reduce the cost of its vehicles and make them more affordable and environmentally friendly. The wood trim has been a notable feature of the Model 3 since its inception in 2017, but it is also a costly one. By removing it and replacing it with fabric, Tesla can reduce the vehicle's manufacturing costs. This is in line with the upcoming Model 3 revamp, which is rumored to be centered around cost-cutting and is expected to be available, as I mentioned earlier, later this year. It is important to note that the move away from wood trim is not just about cost-cutting. While wood is a natural and renewable resource, its production and harvesting can have significant environmental effects. In contrast, non-woven fabrics are often made of recycled materials, which can help to reduce the environmental impact of vehicle production. Thank you to Not A Tesla App for that one. 
Well, I have to be honest with all of you, as always. Personally, and I know it's totally subjective, I was never really a fan of the wood dash trim on the black interior Model 3s and, of course, also black interior Model Ys. I don't even particularly like it a lot in the Model S, even though it's a different sort of finish of wood. But in the 3 and the Y specifically, since I'm a Model 3 owner and I had the choice of black interior with the wood trim or white interior with the, the flat white trim, to me, that wood, that wood dash trim just... It never matched the minimalist look of the rest of the cabin. But again, that's just me. Here's what you guys had to say in this week's Patreon poll. Yes, I made this the subject this week. I thought it would just be a fun thing to poll the audience on. I asked you simply, how do you feel about the wood dashboard trim in the Model 3? 56% of you said, I like it, but I'd be fine with something else. 29% said, I love it. It classes up the interior slash breaks up the minimalism, etc. And then just 8% said, I don't like it or mine cracked, etc. And then just 7% said, I wrapped it or replaced it with something else in my car. So by and large, most of you that responded do like it, but not necessarily enough where you're going to be, you're going to be upset to see it go away. Now, of course, it remains to be seen what this woven fabric looks like and how nice it is. Maybe maybe it's going to look better than the, the wood trim. Maybe it's going to look worse. That bit remains to be seen. But thanks to all of you who voted in this week's Patreon poll. And on this one, again, I remind you politely, you don't have to be a Patreon backer to vote. I open the, the poll up to anybody because I want everybody listening to come and have a say in each week's poll. These polls generally go up on Tuesday evenings if you'd like to come by and vote. You can do so, again, on that Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Anyway, the fact that not a Tesla app was able to corroborate Mr. Zheng's reporting out of China means this looks pretty darn likely. I mean, it's not confirmed until we see it in a car, but it does add up. If it's cheaper to make for Tesla, we know they love doing that and making, you know, higher margins on the cars. And it's more sustainable. We know Tesla loves doing that. The two of those things together is like the perfect combination for Tesla. So this leads me to wonder now, I wonder if they'll only replace the black interior Model 3 and Model Y's wood trim with this, or if it could still also go into the white interior cars as well, replacing the sort of ceramic style, white, flat, smooth dashboard trim piece there. Now, there's you could kind of look at it in one of two ways, and that is the first way would be to argue that yes, Tesla will probably replace it in all of the Model 3s and the Ys, you know, the white interiors included, because they also like to simplify production and have as many shared pieces across the 3 and the Y as possible. Like, was it uh, last year or two years ago? The uh, the door trims, the interior door panels, used to be unique on the white interior Model 3s, such as on mine. I have a 2018. But now, the both the black interior 3s and Ys and the white interior 3s and Ys all have the same interior door panels. So uh, we've seen Tesla do this before, and, and it would not surprise me if they do it 
with this woven fabric uh, dashboard trim. However, there is still, there is the matter of the white interior does come at a premium. It costs extra money. It's a thousand extra dollars. And so uh, for that reason, I could see where where Tesla would want to go ahead and keep the either the white, you know, the white trim piece or something else if the interior is going to be is going to be refreshed from a design perspective in the the project Highland cars. So um, we'll see what happens. You know, my for me, I I really hope that that it's it's different in the black interior cars and the white interior cars because you've heard me say this before, but when Tesla did unify the door panels on all the threes and the Ys, to me, as somebody who did get the white interior, loves the white interior, and paid extra for the white interior, I think it's kind of not great value-wise that you get less white interior for the, for the same. It still costs you $1,000 extra, but you're getting less of a bespoke, you know, piece of, you're getting less, less for your money, essentially. So we will see what happens. Um, I'm eager to see what this looks like, regardless of whether it's in both color interiors or not. And I do agree with the folks at Not A Tesla App that, that this really is likely to be part of the Project Highland revamp coming up later this year. But there's also the, the, the caveat we always have to put on these things that this is Tesla we're talking about. So it also wouldn't surprise me if it just started showing up in Model 3s next month, right? It could, it could happen at any time. Next up this week, and speaking of the Model 3, Bloomberg's Tom Randall, his beat, he is assigned to the Tesla beat. He covers everything Tesla for Bloomberg, and I think he does a great job at that. He has a new piece on Bloomberg this week, which he's given the highlights of on his Twitter account, which I'm grateful for because I'm not a Bloomberg subscriber, so I couldn't see him. So it's about the affordability of the Model 3 after the recent price adjustments and recent new incentives as well. Tom tweeted, a Tesla Model 3 now costs $4,930 less than the average vehicle sold in the U.S. I'm just going to pause there for one second. Let that sink in for for just a moment. Think about that. Almost $5,000 less than the average sale price of a new car in the U.S. That is really impressive. All right, let me continue on with Tom's tweet. He says, it's the cheapest price ever for a Tesla relative to the U.S. benchmark. The Model 3 now has almost exactly the same monthly payment as an entry-level Toyota Camry when structured with similar lease terms. Thank you, Tom, for that, because that just puts the data behind what I was talking about just last week that the Model 3 is not only the most affordable that it's ever been, but that it's so much better of a car for similar money when we had the first $35,000 Model 3 back in 2019. In fact, that's the only additional context that I wish Tom would have provided there, although maybe he did in his article that I wasn't able to read, but Tom is hitting on the big picture importance of this. It's that upfront cost of a good EV, when that's the same as a comparable gas car, 
what happens? What happens is game over for the internal combustion engine car. And that's what this Generation 3 platform is going to be all about. The compact sedan, uh, the compact crossover SUV, those two vehicles. The Model 3 today, though, in 2023, right now, is the first Tesla to make a case for it. We don't have to wait for the Generation 3 cars. Now, those should blow that comparison out of the water. You know, if those cars are able to start between twenty-five dollars and $30,000 now, I know inflation's a thing, it has been a thing, those cars probably aren't going to be out for a few years, so today's 30000 might be more like thirty-five in three years, but you get where I'm coming from with this. The Gen 3 cars should blow that comparison to a similar gas-powered car out of the water, whereas today Model 3 is toe-to-toe and not, I mean, not convincingly, like, you know, no question about it, better value, but particularly when you factor in the total cost of ownership, which, which again, Mr. Randall's data, as he shared on Twitter, isn't even digging into that. It's not even digging into the maintenance factor, the fuel costs, or just collecting all that together, the total cost of ownership. Now, I recognize the upfront pricing is crucial to getting people in the door. If people can't afford to buy the car, even if it's, if, if it's free to operate somehow by some, you know, whatever, just hypothetical scenario, if it's still expensive to buy upfront, it keeps a lot of people from purchasing it. But uh, in terms of tilting the scales heavily in favor of an EV over a gas car, If you've got two cars that are the same money going in, those fuel costs, those maintenance costs are just automatically going to be drastically lower on the EV. So this is just really, really cool to see that the Model 3 is now achieving this right here, right now in 2023. Thank you to Tom Randall for putting that together. Next up this week, Tesla, it seems, is mulling an acquisition of a lithium mining company. I saw this story on Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, according to sources familiar with the discussions that spoke with Bloomberg, the aforementioned Bloomberg, Tesla has engaged with advisors on a potential bid for lithium mining company Sigma Lithium Corporation. The sources noted that discussions were still in a preliminary stage and that a deal is far from certain, adding that Tesla is also looking at other mining operations not just Sigma Lithium. A potential deal with Sigma makes sense as the company's largest shareholder, A10 Investimentos from Brazil, has been actively gauging interest from other miners and automakers about purchasing the company. However, shares of Sigma have tripled in the past 12 months, making any bid more expensive and potentially less attractive to potential suitors. Sigma is currently engaged in developing a large lithium rock deposit in Brazil. Part of the reason for the surge in the company's stock price is the high expectations being set by the owners who in December said the mine had 63% more lithium than originally thought and were considering tripling lithium production next year in 2024 as a result. Well, We know, history tells us, 
that Tesla likes to vertically integrate wherever possible, but this is one area where an acquisition might make more sense. It might be faster, which is certainly a key ingredient for Tesla here, because certainly Tesla could develop its own lithium mining arm of the company. I mean, after all, we've heard Elon describe Tesla as a bunch of different startups all under one roof a million different times, but Tesla needs to scale as much as possible, as quickly as possible. So if there's a company out there that makes sense, especially if that company is currently sitting on a massive lithium deposit, then I could see Tesla dipping into its massive $22 billion cash reserve in order to accomplish that. So I will not be surprised in the slightest if this deal ends up happening. And we know that if it comes down to it, if they want to, Tesla can easily outbid any other company. When you have $22 billion in Scrooge McDuck cash that you're sitting on in your money silo, you can outbid just about anybody else for that lithium mining corporation that is known as Sigma Lithium Corp. So we'll keep an eye on this one. Next this week, well, we're not quite announcing Giga Canada yet, but Tesla has inked a major deal in Ontario. I saw this story via Tesla insider Sawyer Merritt, who tweeted, Tesla has entered into an agreement with NR Store Inc. for a massive $438 million Megapack project in Ontario. The project is 250 megawatts, 1,000 megawatt hours. It is scheduled to be completed in 2025. The project will be among the largest of its kind in the world. This project, in terms of revenue, estimated revenue, is equivalent to almost 8,000 Model Y long ranges. Roughly 257 megapacks are in this project. This project will help Ontario reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 4.1 million tons, or the equivalent of taking 40,000 cars, gas cars I presume, off the road every year. Quote, as the energy transition accelerates, energy storage will play a key role in providing stability and reliability to grids, says Mike Crawley, president and CEO of Northland Power. Northland is excited to be part of this growth, and we look forward to continuing to work in partnership with NR Store and the six nations of the Grand River Development Corporation, without whom this project would not have been possible, end quote. Well, the big question now, I think, is whether or not this was the rumored Giga Canada project. In other words, if myself, if I'm guilty here and, and others speculating on this may have gotten it wrong. And in fact, this was what was being negotiated the whole time. Now, I hope not. I mean, to my understanding, there's a ton of engineering talent that could really shine in a proper gigafactory that's up there making cars and batteries. But hey, don't get me wrong. This Megapack project is going to be pretty sweet too. It's a one gigawatt hour project, as you heard, and it should really help the people of Ontario continue to reliably receive clean power. 
Tesla's been telling us for years now that the energy side of their business is one day going to be bigger than the car business in the long run. And when you see projects like this one and the Megapack factory in California and the Monterey installation and the installation in Hawaii, you start to see the pieces coming together to form something that's honestly a genuine game changer in Tesla's quest to, say it with me, accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. All right, the uh, next bit on, on tap this week is this. Tesla celebrated its 20th anniversary, believe it or not. Yes, the company was founded in 2003. And they celebrated by dedicating their new engineering headquarters in Palo Alto, California, and specifically in the old Hewlett-Packard building that Tesla has taken over. Elon Musk and California Governor Gavin Newsom spoke together for a few minutes at the ceremony. Here's a clip. We're we're excited to announce that uh, Tesla's uh, global engineering headquarters will be right here, the uh, former headquarters of uh, Hewlett-Packard. And uh, this is, uh, I think, a poetic uh, transition from the company that founded Silicon Valley to Tesla. And we're very excited to yeah, make this our global engineering headquarters um, in California. So. Applaud, everybody. <laughs> There's a lot to be excited about. Well, I, I appreciate I mean, I, Eli, we're, we're talking about obviously the symbolism, but also the substance uh, that's reflected in an event like this and a day like this. But also, I think the relevance of the world we're living in and, you know, what defines the trend lines of the world and how is California in particular, a state you know, that prides itself on being on the leading and cutting edge uh, of discovery and new ideas and innovation. How do we take advantage of those trend lines? And I've said it for decades now, and we first met quite literally a few decades ago before those first cars were rolling off the line, uh, that if you wanna be big, big, big and big things. And the opportunity to transform the automobile industry, uh, to lead the world, not just this nation, to lead the state in this extraordinary journey we've been on over the last 20 years, to be now the dominant manufacturer in the dominant manufacturing state. People forget that. California is the largest manufacturing state in the United States, now the fourth largest economy in the world. Eat your heart out, Germany. Um, And a state of remarkable resiliency. 7.8% GDP growth. A year ago, 2.9 last year, outperforming the rest of the nation, outperforming some of these competitive states. And in so many ways, I recognize the world we invented is now competing against us. And you can't rest on your laurels. You got to step up your game. Uh, and you got to invest in your growth engines. And I couldn't be more proud of California's commitment to support Tesla over the course of the last few decades. It's demonstrable in terms of policy, in terms of direction more broadly, and interesting regulation, dare I say, for all its good and evil, depending on which side of it you're on. But the regulatory framework accelerated investment, accelerated with some certainty that this was the direction we were going. And as a consequence of the California Air Resources Board and the investments we have made over the course of years, Uh, We're able to lay claim now to 44 manufacturing headquartered companies in the electric vehicle space, but none that dominate like Tesla. And so it's a point of pride, always has been for me, that Tesla is a California company. 
started here first. We say about our state, the future happens here first. We're America's coming attraction. Yeah, in fact, you were one of the first people to buy a Tesla Roadster back in the day. I, uh, I, I we appreciate just, you saying that. We were just uh, talking yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, I told him he had my money for a long while with yeah. that. That, <laughs> that was a, by the way, that was a healthy deposit you had to make. You didn't yeah. trust me. It was you like 100, I was 100 take grand, off. I think. Yeah, yeah thank uh, you very back, much. Back, back when, when I had money. Yeah, when that was a lot of money in 2007. It's still a lot of money. Trust <laughs> me, brother. You, you haven't looked at my salary. So, okay? uh, By the yeah, way, anyway, I think, I think for I was, supporting, uh, we had about the same net worth back then, 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> I think but, mine but, went negative for a while. Yours went negative, and, uh, and I, got, <laughs> I got a pension, so eat your heart out. Yeah. So you don't have to worry. But I, I look, I'm, I'm grateful. It's, it's, as I said, it's been a hell of a journey. And to see the engineer, look, and I'll just close on this because it's important. It's not surprising to me, but I don't take it for granted, so I'm grateful, um, that the world's headquarters for engineering, for AI, for pushing out the boundaries, is here in California. We have more scientists, engineers, more researchers, no more, no more, more Nobel laureates, more patents, still more venture capital in our state in the nation. I think that's... Again, what separates our game from the game played in so many other parts of the globe. And so you're yeah. a huge part of that success, our success, California, America's success. And I'm here because uh, we don't take that for granted and we yeah. appreciate the investments you're making here today. And you mentioned uh, manufacturing. Um, and it's worth noting that uh, Fremont manufacturing plant is the highest uh, uh, output uh, automotive plants in North America. So it's, uh, we'll probably do about 600,000 or more cars this year, if yeah. things, assuming things go well. And um, so that's, uh, to your point, uh, California is a, a tremendous manufacturer as well as a, a place of uh, engineering and innovation. We know that Elon has butted heads with the California government in the past, specifically in the early days of the pandemic. So it is nice to see Elon and Newsom mend any potentially damaged fences here and mark the occasion of Tesla symbolically and geographically taking over the heart and soul of Silicon Valley with that old HP building. I mean, it's great to see Tesla continue to invest in California and vice versa, by the way, even if the official global company headquarters is now at Giga Austin. I mean, the reality is, Tesla needs to be wherever the talent is, and there's plenty of talent, specifically engineering talent, in California. So this is really cool to see. Love that uh, Tesla is doubling down with this engineering HQ. Now, here's a little bit more on this subject from Tesla themselves via their Twitter account. They did a little thread and said, Tesla began as a long-shot startup founded 20 years ago in San Carlos. Now we're California's biggest manufacturing employer. Back then, the chance of failure was high. There were not many successful car startups, virtually no EVs on the road, and other manufacturers cut their EV programs. Thank you to the Tesla team for working so hard to make Tesla successful. Our product impact across the state includes vehicle design, megapack production, hardware and software engineering, vehicle and battery manufacturing, battery development and testing. In 2022, we grew to 47,000 direct employees and $5 billion of capital investment in California. Today, we're continuing our investment in California with our new engineering HQ in Palo Alto. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, 
there was at least one beta build Cybertruck in attendance. It, of course, was spied and put on video and put on the internet because it's impossible to hide these trucks. It was videoed driving up a grass berm to go park alongside the other Teslas that were outside of the door to mark the occasion as, uh, as part of this event. You know, it is wild to think that Tesla was founded 20 years ago. And not that they were sitting on their hands doing nothing for those first five years. I'm not trying to imply that in the slightest. But really, the world at large, myself included, have really only known about Tesla for the past 15 years when the original uh, Roadster started production. And as we all know, a whole heck of a lot has happened from Tesla, out of Tesla, in that time period. As Elon himself tweeted, he tweeted EV1, leading arrow to T0, arrow to Roadster, arrow to S3XY, arrow to Semi, arrow to Cybertruck, dot, dot, dot. And for me, the dot, dot, dot certainly is the Roadster, the next-gen Roadster, and the Generation 3 platform will follow. It has just really been an awesome ride so far for the, I guess, gosh, 13-plus years now that I've personally been a part of it in some way, shape, or form. And it's only going to get more fun. It just gets better from here. Speaking of fun, the final news item I have for you this week before I move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline and uh, go to your phone calls, Giga Berlin looks like it may start offering factory tours soon. I saw this post on the Tesla Motors Reddit. It's a job posting currently live on the Tesla Careers page that reads in part... This role will primarily focus on factory tours, interact with various stakeholders within and outside the company, and assist the work of the content and programs team on site in Berlin. The content and programs associate will be at the forefront of enabling engaging and informative factory tour experiences at Gigafactory Berlin Brandenburg. This includes, but is not limited to, leading tours, presenting compelling content to a broad audience, planning and executing events, and interacting with various stakeholders, both public and internal. This is a hands-on position that encompasses all aspects of a people-facing role with a particular affinity for storytelling and presentation. As you'll recall, there was a similar listing for a position in Fremont to manage factory tours there. I talked about it. In fact, I had to go back and dig through my notes It was episode 369, which was at the end of August of last year. That's six months ago already. And unfortunately, public factory tours still have not resumed in Fremont. And thus, I I use that as context to say, just don't get your hopes up too high. For those of you in Europe that want to run right over and get a tour, it could be a while yet before anybody that's either in Europe now or maybe visiting Berlin, get a chance to take that tour. But that said, it does seem like a matter of when, not if, at this point. Uh, Whenever Berlin does start this up, presumably any Tesla owner is going to be able to take the tour, which you'll almost certainly need to book in advance, which is how it was here in Fremont with the tours when they were doing them. Now, it used to be 
that any Tesla owner was entitled to one tour per year. But that was that was many hundreds of thousands of Tesla owners ago. Perhaps it's even a seven-figure amount of new owners that have come in at this point. My hope is that the policy remains. I mean, perhaps Tesla will run more tours throughout the day. They'll just have to staff up on it. Or maybe they won't, and they're just going to book further up, but they're going to book up further in advance. What I can tell you is that, as I've said before, I have had the great pleasure and privilege of taking the Fremont tour a few different times over the years, and it's been long enough now where I really want to do it again. And I, I just could not encourage all of you any, any more to, to, to take the tour if you get the chance at some point if they open this thing up. And, and the phrase I'd use to describe the tour, again, pardon me for repeating myself because I know I've said this before on the occasion that it does come up. For me, seeing the inside of the Fremont factory humming along and building these cars, it is awe-inspiring. And I, do, I use that term very genuinely, not like in the typical hyperbolic fact, fashion it is awe-inspiring. It truly, truly is. It's just incredible to see giant rolls of aluminum at one end of the factory, which is what comes in. And then at the other end, the Model S's and Model X's come out. That's what those giant rolls of aluminum get turned into. And seeing Giga Berlin would be incredibly cool also just to see how far Tesla's machine that makes the machine has come, right? That'd be great to see, and hopefully I get the chance someday, hopefully all of us get the chance to take a tour of Giga Berlin at some point. All right, that's everything I've got for you in yet another busy week of Tesla news, but stick with me. Your excellent phone calls are coming up next in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is your chance to be a part of the podcast. You can call in with a question, comment, discussion topic. Two easy ways to do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software. Record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. Email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning Hotline itself. That number is toll-free. Dial it anytime you like. It's 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Robert from Texas is up first this week. Hey, Ryan, it's Robert from Texas. I don't have a question, but more uh, something I wanted to get out there that I think is really, really important. Um, and it has to do with a bit more education from Tesla on how their batteries, their car batteries and other batteries um, are recycled and, and not bad for the environment. Um, there is a misperception out there, and I think you know this may be caused by <laughs> other car companies or or other fossil fuels co companies or whatever, or fossil fuel companies that you know that Tesla batteries are not necessarily good for the environment, 
and you can't necessarily recycle them and they're difficult to dispose of uh, at the end of their life. And I know that that's not true. And I just think that um, a little bit more education from Tesla um, and or the U.S. government, now that they're working on it together um, in terms of promoting clean energy, uh, would go a long way. Um, this is also an issue that I see more outside the United States than in. Uh, so it's something I think Tesla needs to take care of also on their end um, outside the United States. Anyway, love your show. Hopefully you can get this across because I know a lot of Tesla people listen to your podcast. Thanks. Bye. I agree wholeheartedly, Robert. Now, it turns out there is a very short entry on the Tesla.com blog but realistically, you'd probably never find it unless you just put in the exact right Google word combination. I knew I was looking for it. I knew they'd posted something at some point in time. Anyway, it's found at tesla.com slash support slash sustainability dash recycling. And it was probably written quite a while ago. There's no date on it. It reads as follows. I'll read you the whole thing. It's pretty short. Tesla vehicles are designed to last, but if needed, Tesla service centers can help get you back on the road. Question, what happens to Tesla battery packs once they reach their end of life? And the answer is, unlike fossil fuels, which release harmful emissions into the atmosphere that are not recovered for reuse, materials in a Tesla lithium-ion battery are recoverable and recyclable. Battery materials are refined and put into a cell and will still remain in the cell at the end of their life when they can be recycled to recover its valuable materials for reuse over and over again. Extending the life of a battery pack is a superior option to recycling for both environmental and business reasons. For those reasons, before decommissioning a consumer battery pack and sending it for recycling, Tesla does everything it can to extend the useful life of each battery pack. Any battery that is no longer meeting a customer's needs can be serviced by Tesla at one of our service centers around the world. None of our scrapped lithium-ion batteries go to landfilling and 100% are recycled. Lithium-ion battery packs should only be handled by qualified professionals at specifically designated facilities. The applicable rules and regulations for battery management vary by region and must always be followed. If a Tesla battery pack needs attention, contact us. So there you go. That is, uh, that is what's on Tesla's site. And I agree, it could use a second pass that updates it, provides more detailed information, maybe even links to Tesla co-founder J.B. Straubel's Redwood Materials website, since that's what that company does, is battery recycling. Robert, thank you, as always, for your call. Brian from Michigan is up next. Hi, Ryan. This is Brian from Michigan. I could hear the frustration in your voice this week about another NHTSA recall, and with it, all of the scary clickbait headlines and media reports. I don't know about you, but I'm just tired of complaining about it, so I created a petition on change.org calling for NHTSA to change how they issue software versus hardware recall notices. 10,000 signatures are needed to get an answer from the agency, so I'd appreciate you are sharing the link and the support of the Tesla community in signing that petition and helping NHTSA modernize their agency and getting a little bit of disruption from the Tesla community. Thank you. Brian, I am happy to help out on this because the legacy terminology is very, very misleading in the modern context, at least regarding the over-the-air recalls as you mentioned. 
So I will, as long as I remember it when I get done recording this, I will try to remember to put a link in the show description if folks want to click it, but I will read it to you here as well. It's change.org slash P slash, and then from here, every word has a dash between it. Modernize NHTSA S recall language to better address software versus VS hardware issues. Good luck on the petition, Brian. Let me go next to Eric from Chicago. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Eric from Chicago. Um, I've been a Tesla owner for a couple of years, and I love it so much. Um, and I, I love to travel to my wife as well. She is now interested in getting me a Tesla for herself. Um, since a growing family is potentially our future, I'm torn between potentially a used Model X or a newer Model Y, um, just because I can't afford a new Model X. Um, but with all the problems that plague some of the older Model Xs, you know, build quality issues, the thousand wing doors, uh, water ingress, that sort of thing, I'm looking for a newer-ish used Model X, something um, I'm particularly landing around the 2019 year when Tesla flipped the badging from, you know, 90D or 100D, just flipped it to dual motor and, you know, long-range performance, because it seems like at that point in time, they kind of really up their build quality of those cars in general. Anyway, I was curious if you knew where I could find exactly what the specs of those cars, you know, were at that time they were being built. For example, what would the maximum supercharging rate of those cars be? Because I know that the SNX didn't get the 250 kilowatt supercharging rate until actually after the 3 and Y did, but I don't remember exactly when that was. Um, so that was one thing I was trying to figure out. Um, there's another thing that's now escaping me. But anyway, just curious to see if you knew somewhere where I could find out that information. Uh, I appreciate your time. And, oh, I just remember my, my last thing. Um, do you know exactly when MCU2 was started to being built into the new cars straight away? Um, for example, I have a 2019 used X in a dealership near me. But I don't know if it has the new MCU in it or if the MCU upgrade is something I would need to do. All right, sorry for rambling on, um, but thanks for your podcast. We really enjoy it, and hope to hear back from you. Bye. Hey, Eric, the Model X version you're looking for is referred to as the Raven because that was its internal code name. Uh, for a little context, the current new Model S and X were internally referred to as Palladium. So if you see an X with the dual motor badge instead of 75D or 100D, as you noted, that's a Raven. And you're spot on, in my humble opinion, in wanting to avoid the older Model Xs. Not that they're bad cars necessarily, but for the money it would take to buy one, you can get a much more reliable brand new Model Y. And to answer your questions, the maximum supercharging rate of the Raven cars is 200 kilowatts, pretty good, not quite the 250 or that the cars can do now. And MCU2 started going into the SNX in April of 2018. So if you can find yourself a 2019 Model X, I think you'll be in really good shape all around. Good luck to you. One more call this week. It's from John in West Virginia with an update from a call he made a couple months ago or so now. John, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is John from West Virginia. Just wanted to give you a quick update. I called in a few weeks ago about uh, 
take a driver's test and a, and a Tesla. My son did take his driver's test a couple weeks before Christmas. I had already turned on uh, chill mode for him. I didn't want him to get too excited in the car. And I, one other thing I did was, was change and put the uh, cameras, backup cameras, uh, down on the bu- as a button. Um, from talking to the DMV, they wanted to make sure that they were able to use their mirrors. They did not want any camera assist. The other thing I ended up talking him into was using the auto tilt on the mirrors for the parallel parking because he was having trouble getting close enough to the curb. And this worked like a charm. He was able to put it right in next to the curb within six inches, uh, three to six inches, and he passed his test with flying colors. So thanks again. Have a great day and play with those puppies for me. Thanks. Well, congratulations to your son, John, and thank you very much for taking the time to update me. I hope someday that your son realizes how lucky he is to have gotten to take his driver's test in a Tesla. And even cooler is that he passed. So here is to his newly earned privilege. Happy electric motoring to him. Thanks so much to all of you who were kind enough to take the time to call in this week. I will get to some more calls next week. Keep your calls coming. I love hearing from you. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of this segment, but I'm not done this week yet. Stick with me. I've got a little bit more Ride the Lightning for you coming up right after this. Well, as for what's going on with me this week, the PlayStation VR 2 came out this week, and I was lucky enough to get one of the uh, of the initial quantity. I got a pre-order in there. And I think I already talked about this, so I'll keep it quick, but Gran Turismo 7 fully supports PSVR 2, including, maybe I just did a, a lightning round about this. See, now I'm <laughs> confusing what I've talked about. Anyway, uh, Gran Turismo 7 is, is the PlayStation's specifically the PS4, PS5's latest big simulation racing game. Many of you are probably familiar with Gran Turismo because it's a racing game series that's been awesome for many, many years. In fact, decades at this point. But the entire game now supports PSVR 2, and it is tremendous. It is absolutely tremendous. Uh, The Model S, the 2012 Model S P85 is in there. Sadly, nothing newer than that. No Plaid, no Cybertruck, no uh, Model 3 performance, nothing like that. But the Model S is in there. And when you are in it in VR, like virtually in the driver's seat, it is note perfect. I mean, it is incredible. You you know, having, having had the great fortune of having a lot of seat time, in an early Model S, my cousin Pat's car, and also having a heck of a lot of seat time in the DeLorean, having having had one, uh, both cars, the DeLorean's also in the game. It is incredible how it, it, it actually makes you feel like you're sitting in those cars. So if you like cars, there's just one Tesla in Gran Turismo 7, but if you uh, end up picking up a PSVR 2, I absolutely recommend that you get Gran Turismo 7 to go with it. Hey, a quick entertainment recommendation for you. It's uh, on Paramount Plus. I started watching 1923. Now I say that 
I haven't watched Yellowstone, which 1923 is the prequel for, but I have to say I jumped in to 1923 because it's got Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren in it. That's some serious, awesome acting power right there. And I have to say, I'm very much enjoying the show. So uh, if you haven't given that show a look yet, it's a pretty good one. Give it a try. How about a pro tip of the week here before I get going? This one comes from our friend Gil in San Diego. Hey, Ryan, Gil from San Diego with a pro tip. I think we've covered this one before, but I'm not sure. I'm not totally sure. But on the uh, Tesla app, the quick uh, buttons that are on the top of the main page of the app when you have a car, um, those are adjustable. So if you hold them down, you can, you'll get a menu of other uh, things you can swap up there with. And then there is this weird glitch that if you put another uh, icon on the edge of the row, sort of over and over and over and over and over again, it eventually adds a fifth icon <laughs> to the row, and then it just stays there. And then you can always just swap out uh, whatever you want to be in that row. Um, there's some YouTube videos if you look it up, sort of you know, uh, uh, Tesla app uh, glitch of uh, quick launch items or something like that uh, to show you how it's to. But you basically just have to keep moving an, a fifth icon onto the edge of the row, and then eventually it captures it. Uh, and so far, they haven't fixed it, so it's a it's a it's a weird glitch slash Easter egg. Uh, but we use those, I use those um, quick launch buttons all the time, so they're very helpful to choose which ones you like. Thank you, Gil. I believe this one has indeed been covered here before, but this is one of those that's worth bringing it up now that it's been a little while, because this is a very useful actual like life hack for your Tesla experience. And it's bound to be new information to somebody out there listening. So thank you very much. And I welcome anybody to send in a pro tip of the week. If you've got something that you've found, a little shortcut, a little something that's not obvious with your car that you think would be fun to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please send it in the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls. Before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast that can perhaps be of use to you. I'll start with abstractocean.com, the makers of so many fine aftermarket Tesla accessories for all four Teslas currently in production, and no doubt the Cybertruck once that thing does go into production. So go to abstractocean.com, click on whichever car you happen to own, browse by everything available for that car, Throw everything you like into the online shopping cart. And when you get to checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST to get 15% off of your first order. That's RTLPODCAST, all one word, no space for that 15% discount at abstractocean.com. Meanwhile, if you want or need a front license plate on your Tesla, don't use the one that Tesla gave you. Get your snap plate from everyamp.com slash RTL. It is the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds. It's got a nice, clean, minimalist design, and it leaves nothing behind. No tape residue, no hardware that's just stuck or drilled in there or anything like that. So if you got to take it off or want to take it off, maybe you're at a car show, Cars and Coffee, maybe you're detailing your car, you can take it on and off as you need to, but when it's on there, it's going to be nice and secure and it's going to look nice and clean, minimalist design. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL, again, for all four Teslas currently in production. BudgetSafeSolar.com, check them out. 
uh, if you're if Tesla doesn't work out for you or just you could start with them, too. But I'm sure if you're listening to a Tesla podcast, you're probably going to check out Tesla Solar. So do that. Uh, and then if that's not a good fit for you, as it wasn't for me, go to budgetsafesolar.com. Again, the California Public Utility Commission, for those of you in California, approving the NEM 3.0, making batteries a necessity. And as we generally see, as goes California, so goes the country. So if you've got solar or are considering solar, let Budget Safe Solar add energy storage to your system uh, go to budgetsafesolar.com. If you do proceed with an installation for your home or business, please use the referral code RTL. If you find yourself in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, you got to treat your car to a spa day at Immaculate Reflections. They've taken such amazing care of my car, helping it stay new, look new, uh, even after 51,000 miles and four and a half years. Whether you want to do some paint correction, some paint protection film, and or some ceramic coating, Immaculate Reflections, super talented detailer, they'll get you covered, and they'll offer you a nice little discount for listeners of this podcast as well. Go to irdetailing.com to get in touch and mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener, and there is that discount waiting for you if you book in any work. How about puretesla.com slash RTL? That's where you want to get your micro SD-based dash cam and sentry mode solution. Just 49 bucks for the 128 gigabyte kit. $69 for the 256 gigabyte kit. Comes fully formatted for Tesla cam, ready to go. It will be shipped for you free if you're in the US. Otherwise, they, they will ship anywhere internationally as well for a modest fee. They've also got that nice slimline, low profile wireless game controller kit as well if you find yourself playing a lot of games in your Tesla. Get it all at puretesla.com slash RTL. Uh, finally, let's see. Well, the Patreon, I mentioned the, the Patreon at the top, so I won't linger on that for too long. I'll mention that uh, you can follow slash subscribe to this podcast totally for free on any of your favorite podcast services. Most of you seem to get it on Apple Podcasts, but I'm also on Google Podcasts. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on TuneIn. I'm on Spotify. I am also on YouTube, just in audio-only form. You'll be staring at a logo of the podcast rather than my face, and that's fine because the logo is better looking than my face. I promise you that. But if you do just like listening to the podcast via uh, an open browser tab on YouTube, you can totally do that. Uh, you can subscribe there uh, if that is your preferred method of listening. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, and you will find me very easily on that one. Email me anytime if you feel like it, teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, same handle on both, DMC underscore Ryan. And I think, yes, I believe that will bring us to the end, other than saying a hello and a thank you to the Plaid Roadster in Space and Maximum Plaid tier backers on the Patreon. These folks are super generous backing me at the higher tiers, and as part of their thank you, they get a shout out at the end of each and every podcast, which I'm going to do right now. I'll start with that plaid tier. Thank you so much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, 
Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Next up, the Maximum Plaid backers. Thank you very much to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, and Adam Lavoie. Finally, a big thank you to the Roadster in Space tier backers. I'm going to be doing my one-on-one hangout that they get each and every month, should they elect to choose it, with Tesla Hitchhiker 42 doing that this weekend. Looking forward to chatting with her. Uh, Thank you as well to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, and Kara Weston. Thanks to all of you kindly backing me on Patreon, helping keep this podcast rolling. I do very, very much appreciate it. You're supporting my efforts. You're uh, helping my family, which includes my canine companions that are to my left right now. I do really genuinely appreciate it. That will bring us to the end of Ride the Lightning episode 395. Again, next week's podcast, I'm really looking forward to it the Tesla Investor Day. We're going to hear almost certainly some Cybertruck something, perhaps the final design, maybe some features. Again, I, from my predictions, I expect there are going to be test rides. We'll see if I'm right about that. And if there are, there's going to be videos coming out of that. There's going to be some great impressions from people coming out of that. So I'm just really excited for next week's podcast. And here I am. I've, I haven't even finished recording this one, but it's going to be fun. So join me for that next week. Same time as always, Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on any of your favorite podcast services. And for a snoozing Daisy the Boxer, a, oh yeah, snoozing Zelina the Future Service Dog, and a snoozing four-legged house guest Rue over here uh, to my immediate left. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This again, Ride the Lightning, episode 395. Thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla... It's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.